Let's start with an unboxing. All right, so I just got put on this watch, and okay. it's very shit quality. Very shit quality. Oh, it's terrible. I can tell what it's time gonna is break it? in four twenty. Well, no. that's not right. So it's always, <laughs> but it's always four twenty. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Doing the weed. Got this shirt. Okay, that looks fresh. So it's a white shirt. Formal. It's like more formal than I was thinking. Could wear it to like a McDonald's or a KFC. Now I got this as well. I'm assuming is from Casper. Oh, come from New Zealand. Ooh, yeah, I definitely didn't send you anything. Alright. Look at this. Oh, that's a very nice gift, Casper. Motherless Brooklyn on vinyl. On vinyl. Vinyl. How lovely. Um, and it's got a whole bunch of the, the songs from the band, which Tom York's not even on. Yeah. But I love the jazz version of that song. Yeah, that's very so cool. I assume it's no, there's no note or anything. So thank you, Kesper. Kesper. And I got a bomber jacket that was a bit of a, Go <laughs> a, on. Bit of a gamble. Go on. Uh, I'm not a bomber jacket guy. Well, you weren't a singlet guy either, and that didn't stop you from putting one on. Yeah, but I didn't do it again. Oh, this is going to look shit. Right. I don't know. I don't, you know. Okay, zip. ASMR. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Stand up. Like... Stand up so I can see, like, the hem. That's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, you've worn, you've worn weirder things. It's a bit tight. Yeah. I feel like a bit of... Yeah, Either that or you've, like, put on weight since you ordered. Well, this is funny that you say that because I've ordered a few shirts in the last few weeks and I had the realization this week that I'm a large and I'm, I've <sighs> always thought of myself as a, as medium, a medium. So I've had this yeah. identity crisis. Yeah. And I've bought all these shirts that they haven't even arrived yet, that they're all a medium. And I've uh-huh. just started to buy large and I've got a few uh-huh. and they're like, I'm definitely a large. So at some well, point, here's, I've here's the thing. Large. Where where is the smallness now when you put on a medium? Is it frontness? Like is it is chest. it a, a girth, or is it a uh, is it like an arms and chest kind of smallness? Because there is a way to read this as like oh you've been going to the gym for a while you've been sort of getting a little bit of tone here yeah filling well, out those sleeves. Well, that's what I was trying sleeves. to debate with Emma. We were yeah. trying to work it out because I don't feel fat, but I also don't feel like I've bulked either. But yeah. something's happened. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've all just the clothes have gotten smaller. Or maybe you've just <laughs> swollen universally. So it's like all in proportion, but you've just like inflated, like you're bloated up a little bit. You're carrying more water. <laughs> yeah. I've had heaps of presents over the over the last few days. It's Why? What's that? Really What's happened? I just uh, I just started I just bought bought my I just bought myself lots of stuff. That's good. It was it <laughs> yeah. sort of filling up a, a vacuum of what you felt like you were owed for your birthday, but didn't receive from people. Exactly. exactly. Well, you've got to treat yourself. Yeah. Well, I don't treat myself. I've never done it. Like Nick, like, uh, yeah. what's her name? The other Nick, Emma, who's <laughs> right across the road. Um, <laughs> That's a she, disconcerting uh, she comparison. Always, anyway, uh, she's always got stuff coming to the house, like shoes and stuff. And she's always like... She like, earns kind of... more than you, right? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Well, I'm just um, asking. Well, she now, at the moment, yes, but previously... <laughs> Why are you the... insecure <laughs> about her earning more than you? Well, just didn't like the uh, 
I like the implication. <laughs> what? No, you're you're applying an implication there. I was just double checking that the reason that she was buying more things was probably because she makes more money. There, you just brought your own insecurities right to the forefront there, with absolutely no implication on my part whatsoever. Well, look, Nick, we've got plenty of time to get in, into how how peachy my ego is. <laughs> I mean, arguably, this most podcast episodes is just examining our egos week to week. Yeah, well, do you think I do you think you've got a bigger ego? Do you think you've got a bigger ego than me? Nah. Do you want to take some time to think about it? It didn't. It didn't require too much thought. Um, I suppose that's egotistical of me to assume that I was the one with the smaller ego so maybe you're right maybe i should have actually spent a beat Mm. anyway you're probably right though i'm just happy that you treated yourself for your birthday got yourself some nice gear made yourself feel momentarily happy until you put it on your body yep yeah yeah depressing i had a bit of a run of that recently as well i bought Mm -hmm. a few new things bought a um a new pillow Okay. So that uh pretty pretty big deal actually over in this neck of the woods. Everyone's talking about it. So What what kind of material? Are we talking silk? Uh well it's not about no, it's not a pillow case, it's the pillow innards. It's the bit that you put your head on, right? Oh, the blood and guts. The blood and guts. It's the um the core essence. Um and I've gone for uh, something I've heard rumors and and discussion about for a long time. The old um the what? Memory foam? No, I had a memory foam. I was moving on to buckwheat. So now I've got a buckwheat ah. pillow. I wonder if memory foam can get dementia oh. in its old age. I think that was part of the problem because over time it had sunk and squashed and it was no longer supporting my neck. And I thought, you know what? Let's get some buckwheat in this biz, see if that fixes things. <clears throat> Interesting. Can I ask you a question about your sleep? Yeah. Now, you, are you a two-pillow guy or are you a no. one-pillow guy? No. Are you a side guy? Every now and then I try. Guy? Every now and then I try and be a two-pillow guy because I feel like my neck needs more support, but I just can't mm. do it. It's just too high. I, it doesn't right. work for me. What I just need is more structural support, but at a one-pillow height. So that's right. how I've ended up in the buckwheat family because the idea with buckwheat is it doesn't compress. It's literally seeds. So mm. you just like jingle it around a bit like a bean bag. And then it just sits there at the exact height that you need from it um, before, like when you go to bed. And the second benefit, cold. It doesn't heat up. It's not a foam. It's not feathers. It's not anything. It is 100% permanently all night. It is a cold sleep. And that, I mean, that's all the perks of a turning a pillow over to get to the cold side with none of the turning Mm. over the pillow. Ugh. See, you kind of you kind of were losing me at the seed thing because yeah. I was like, well, it just sounds like what cavemen used to sleep on. Probably sleep on seeds. It's a yeah. sack of seeds. Everyone but famously knows cavemen slept on that sack. Yeah, yeah. I love I love a cold pillow. Ever? Why does everyone love a cold pillow? Because at night your brain needs to chill out. <laughs> that is so true. That is so scientifically. That is the scientifically reason. the reason. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I never realized that before. The it's only because your brain needs to chill out. Yeah, I mean, there's there's levels to it. Um, but like the only weird thing about it is it kind of jingles a little bit. Like it does have like a, a hint of rustle, and you've got to sort of mentally prepare for the idea that oh yeah, I'm sleeping on a bag. Like there's yeah. there's a bit of movement now, 
and I'm adjusting. I think I'm going to like it in the end, but it, it did take a bit of a, yeah, like a mental adjustment to, to, and those first early nights away from what you traditionally think of as a pillow. Mm. Okay. But I'll keep everyone updated. Keep us, keep us updated with the pillow talk. I'll also let you know that I bought a mattress topper. Now that, that is an expense that I can recommend to anyone. What it, what is it? So mattress topper is like a added padded layer that you put on top of your mattress and underneath your like fitted sheet. And it just gives you a nice little pillowy, cushiony, airy, cloudy kind of lift. All of a sudden that boring old flat springy bad mattress you've had. Oh, new, new lease of life. Mm, yeah. Sounds like a luxury buy. Mm, well, I got it pretty cheap. I got one for like $60 on sale. That was okay. normally like $260. And so I felt pretty good about that purchase. And it is a very nice. Mm, so it was a used mattress topper. It wasn't used. It was fresh out of the box. I mm. very quickly did use it. So now it's lost mm. all of its resale value. Um, mm. Stains everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. but washable. <laughs> it's very washable now as well. So, oh. yeah, it solves that problem. Um, oh. And just in terms of night feel, just, oh, you wouldn't believe the difference. If you've got quite a hard bed and you're thinking, I deserve a little bit of night luxury, but you don't want that sort of big expense of a new mattress, get a topper. Oh, really good. Mm. Can I, <clears throat> just with the pillow thing, Yeah. Um, I, was, I was thinking about what I do with my pillows. I used to sleep on two pillows, and then I basically had my, my head at a 90-degree angle, which... Caused a few issues for a while. Wait, what? what Describe I, that again. You had I two used to pillows always, here. I had two, and sometimes then your three neck pillows. would go like ninety yeah, degrees, like crank it like that. Um, and then on your side, yeah, on my side. Okay. And then now, what I do is I put. I have a two pillow, but I have the first pillow against the the back of the bed, the back of the board, uh-huh. and then the second pillow is just kind of on a nice angle. Okay, and then nice you put it in. You put your angle. head in, and it sort of folds into it. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, that sounds like it's... you're trying to resolve something that a better pillow could do by itself. Yeah, but I'm never going to buy a pillow. I'm never going to buy a pillow. You never buy a pillow. No. What does that mean? I will just have a pillow. How and have you had pillows pillow... before this? I don't actually know. <laughs> you moved to Melbourne. Did you bring a pillow with you? Um, I can't remember. I've just had pillows. I don't know how I have them. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing to discover about someone. There's an well, object in your eye, in your house, an item in your house that you have no idea <laughs> how it got there, yeah. nor any intention to investigate or replace it. No, never. And now, what would it take for you to like go out and buy a pillow? Would you um, have to actively lose it? What would it take? What a great question. Maybe yeah, we just go, like we a go really for good the sale. Stuff on... <laughs> <laughs> a good sale. Gosh, yeah. I feel like you're just not paying attention to all the like Bed Bath & Beyond deals out there. Mm-mm. No, I'm more about the Beyond than the Bed or the Bath. That sounded smart. The... Well, I'll I'll send you a link to my um, my buckwheats 
and you can just you know explore the world of cool faces because yeah. that's that's a nice that's a nice little midnight perk mm. you remember all those times you used to wake up and roll over and be like oh this pillow's so warm right now gone totally mm. gone you could just flip the pillow but think of all that effort and That's now you don't have effect. to, thanks to this week's sponsor, Hello Pillows. Hello Pillows, uh, pillows, they're full of buckwheat. And if you go to hellopillow.com, that's H-U-L-L-O-Pillow.com forward slash deep four and enter the promo code FACEFULOCOLD. Promo code FACEFULOCOLD at deepfort.com forward slash hellopillow forward slash hellopillow.com slash deepfort. <laughs> enter the promo code Face full of cold, you'll get 50% off your first bag of wheat. Do it soon. <laughs> Not even the pillow, just the first bag of wheat. <laughs> just a wheat bag. Uh, Welcome to D4. Thank you. Oh, just good to have you here. Um, this is this is a delight. This is a podcast. This is, a, this is just two friends making something of themselves in public view. Just uh, progressing our lives and our CVs in a healthy and mature fashion um, for your entertainment. Sitting through the internet with me, Michael, say hi. What's up? Not much. What's up with you? Nice. And I'm Nick. Hi. Hi, Nick. Hi. Do you want me to say that in the future? Once, every now and then, if you just wanted to say hello to me once for fucking life, that would be nice. Um... Can I just do a couple of shout-outs right, right up the tippity-top? Shoot a moot. A um, couple of baby shout-outs. Big baby yeah. shout-outs. Other um, big babies. Good friends of the pod, Michael and uh, Katie. I oh, actually shouldn't say that. We've had like three listeners. Who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> we know who they are now. It's we Mike, know who Michael they are. Michael and Katie. Had a little baby, Sophie, on Friday. Woo! Day before my birthday. Oh, I should have held it in saying, one more like, yeah. Fellow Gemini in the in the world. Um but yeah, she's uh she's looking she's looking very cute. Um, everyone's healthy, I hear. Um and the other baby was for people who are not friends of the show who definitely don't listen. Uh, <laughs> David and Joe. I've just had <laughs> Did a you baby. Just say they were not friends of the show. Well, I don't think they've listened to a freaking episode. <laughs> I, I would uh, imagine. Shout out be to people who will never hear this. Shout out to <laughs> some people that we are not friends with. Just want to make it clear that this is by obligation. Yeah. Shout out to David and Joe. Well, yeah. David and Joe had a baby, Edie. Or I think it's Edie. So two girls. Two girls in, in the, the world. Fort family. People actually doing things with their lives. Do we get a cut... From the profits, I think there's a. I don't look. We're not going to hit them up straight away. Straight away, you know. Sure. There's a grace period there, but you know. Yeah, we'll let them enjoy like a month or the two. new baby thing while yeah. the novelty's still there, and then once that wears off, then we'll send them a bill. Yeah, just make sure they know who they have to thank. Yeah, I mean these shout outs aren't free. Guys. <laughs> Shouts uh, out. Um, you've been good. How's world? How's life? Yeah, I've been very good. Been very good. Great. Um, how how you have fe- you been? 
Thank you for asking. That is so kind of you. I am doing very well, actually. I had we yeah. both had birthdays in this past yes. couple of weeks as well. Um, birthday happy birthday to you. Um, you're happy looking to you. none the wiser, um, yeah. which I take to mean you enjoyed yourself on the day. Uh, yeah, but mod- like modestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we hit level two in New Zealand, um, and mm-hmm. so I was able to go out for dinner in a restaurant with friends. Like it was normal. It was a bunch of fun. And the world really does feel normal over here now. So other than keeping your distance from everyone, it's uh, it's it's almost like we're through this. It's quite nice. Ooh. Yeah. Oops. Um, not hope for that second wave. That Someone in South Australia, South Australia had 15 days without a new case yeah. um, of the Covies. And... Um, and then someone came, they gave granted an, ex, an exemption from someone traveling from overseas to Melbourne, and she had family in Adelaide. Asked for an exemption, they gave it to her, and then fuck it. Did she bring it in? Yeah, she brought it in from overseas. Wow. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that's unfortunate. Yeah, it seems pretty selfish as well. So yeah, I but I would have thought that they sort of. Check that stuff right before they, apparently, you let they someone said that in. They do. You, wouldn't you have to do a they test? Said that they do. They yeah, that's so weird. well. I don't know. I just heard them saying that they sometimes grant exceptions on compassionate grounds. Yeah, which is fair enough. But yeah, just a little bit strange that the exemption was to someone who actually had COVID. Yeah, that's yeah. What yeah? Look, the um the thing in New Zealand now is that. It's been five days without a new case. That's uh, only three in the past 15 days or something like that across the country. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a single person in hospital with it. So there's only 20 active cases in the entire country. And they're all just people chilling at home, in recovery, getting it through. So it is not not impossible to think that over uh, over the next two weeks, we might hit a point in which there are no active cases at all. Mm. Did I ask you this already? That how do you, like how do you think the world's going to change? Do you think we're going to be shaking hands less once we get over it? Do you think people like the social distancing thing will be people will be more aware of it in their day to day life, even though we're past it? You know, what I don't do think, think of the long term things yeah. of this. I don't think we have talked about that explicitly. Um, I think there's a few factors. I think. I think there's a few factors here, actually. A few um, factors. There's a few factors. Um, the first of which is that no one's on the same timeline. So any sort of mm. cultural change or anything like that is really going to be very regional and very sort of nation to nation, if not state to state. Australia and New Zealand, we're in a really good place. I hope we can hold on to it. I hope we can open that trans-Tasman border back up again and, and get back to each other's... Um, countries uh, and you know do some of that travel pretty easily but we are probably one of the few western countries in the world that will have that privilege so Mm -hmm. how we adapt and change and process that is going to be very different to what happens in america america which today hit 100,000 deaths and counting they've reopened states they are just about beckoning this second wave on with our even beating the first one yet like mm. america's timeline for the next 18 months to two years is going to be so fucked as to be completely unrecognizable 
So any sort of cultural changes that happen there will probably be much more drastic and much more uh, long-term. I can, like, I mean, already this past week since um, Level 2's opened up, I'm back to hugging my friends, you know, when I see them. You've and that's it, hugged. Yeah, I've hugged. And that's a thing where, I mean, I, I I know the odds here. It's like a calculated decision, right? The the risks of this occurring in Canterbury where there have been no cases in weeks is, is all but now, right? Um, so I'd, I'd make that choice intelligently. Um, the real test will be when you start hugging strangers again. That's yeah. when we'll know we're really past it. Yeah. I think that there'll be definitely changes in terms of the handshake thing. Like I think that mm. the if you know someone, the world will probably get back to normal. normal. Um, but if mm. you are interacting with someone in a public space or in an office environment or professional environment, I think the courtesy will out, outlive the mm. imminent risk of COVID. Well, one thing that occurred to me, uh, I've been obsessed with this show called Terrace House, mm. uh, which is a Japanese uh, kind of reality, reality show. show. And um, they all, when one of them, this is taped pre-COVID, but when when one of them gets sick in the house, they're automatically in a face mask. So they're around the house um, and someone's got a face mask on. Their first question will be, oh, are you sick? Which I find quite interesting that we have, I mean, maybe that's something that's coming in now um, that we will start to use face masks, masks, when we're sick or maybe people will be more inclined to stay home when they are sick from work um, rather than just kind of soldier on. Yeah. So there might be that kind of thing that changes. I think so. Uh, the The mask thing's interesting because <clears throat> there has been like a concerted effort in the US to normalize. Well, I was going to say normalize the wearing of mm. masks in a non-political manner because it's just a very simple kindness that you can do when you go out into the world right even if you are not sick you put on a mask as a courtesy to others or even if you don't think you're sick right you put it on as a courtesy to others Um, it has a measurable impact in minimizing the risk of transmission even if it's not a n95 kind of medical mask Um, but the um, uh, difficulty is that now it has become this weird kind of symbol of the uh, idiotic conservative um, rebellion against it, right? Like Mm. Trump was paying out um, Biden for wearing a mask. Trump refuses to wear a mask in public and in doing so has turned this thing which has just been the easiest, simplest act of courtesy into this strange like i don't know symbol of oppression or i don't even know what that why they don't want to fucking wear a mask like i just i don't understand the logic behind it yeah i was thinking about i think it's something to like conservatives obviously like value their individual liberties and i think that's definitely comes into it but there's also this idea of conformism is that a that's probably not a word but conforming um they don't want to they don't want to do what they're told uh, or they don't want to be told things and just ha- like have to follow along with it. They don't want to be told that, that you have to do something. Um, so I think it's like it, it is a, it's a stupid thing because they think that it's like this uh, political move from the Democrats or from the left 
that they're trying to like this is some way of them trying to control how you live your life when in fact they just really want the the best for everyone outcome for everyone yeah and it, it, I mean, it's all tied up in a whole bunch of crazy sort of conservative things. There's the anti-intellectualism of it, where it's like, I don't want some doctor telling me what's better to do. There's like the propaganda side of it, where Fox News and Trump and stuff are saying that this virus thing is overblown, that they have it under control, when all the other, you know, medical institutions and that sort of thing are trying to say that this is rapidly got out of hand. Yeah. Um, and then there's the sort of... Um, I don't know what it is like. It's it's like the the snowflake impulse kind of thing, right? It's like the I want to get your goat. I'm, I'm going to deliberately not wear this mask because it it angers the libs, right? Yeah, <laughs> triggers them, even yeah. though it literally puts my own life at risk, right? Yeah. Like, is the the degree of like literally cutting your nose to spite your face kind yeah. of that shit crazy so it yeah. yeah whether or not that can be overcome in the u.s i'm not sure mm. whether or not we'll see it come into play here in new zealand a bit more or australia a bit more where if you start to feel sick and you know there's no covid really floating around anymore but you're still expected the office i think people probably will wear a mask more or people will yeah work from home more rather than come in and risk it. I think there will be a recalibration of people's expectations about working through an illness or, you know, taking the risk because who's going to, you know, what does it matter if I walk around in public with the flu? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'll be interesting as well. Uh, seeing, cause the, this is going to go on. I mean, the U S elections in November, this is going to go on past that presumably well past it and Absolutely. so it's going to be interesting if 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 biden wins now he's going to just inherit this which i don't know i texted you the other day i'm i don't something has made me think that uh that trump has just completely dropped the ball on this and he's he's people are starting to see him for who he really is like the, the his supporters are trying to see him. I mean, that's just probably a, a hunch. But I mean, it, it is it is manifestly true based on polling and everything that I think something like eighty six percent of Americans support social distancing, support lockdown procedures, are all on board with like taking this virus seriously. Yeah. So the whole get back to work, jumpstart the economy thing, which only benefits for the most part you know, the big business interests in that country. Yeah. Um, uh, that kind of market, the, the, the kind of demographic that will respond to that positively is very small and shrinking. When you hit 100,000 deaths, like 100,000 people, yeah. when you hit that number, you are going to know someone who died from this, going to know mm. someone that had it because mm. that's just deaths. You know, the number of cases they've had in America is what like a, a million or more. Um, so you're going to yeah, know someone that had it. You're going to probably know someone who either died or know someone who did. That very quickly makes the inaction personal. of the leader very personal. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And do you, do you know the what? craziest thing is that the people who are following his advice taking on the propaganda, getting out there, getting back in the work, going to beaches, going to pools, having parties... They're the people who are going to get sick. 
that the people yeah. are going to die from it. So he's actively killing off, literally, he's killing off his own voting base. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Didn't he say last week that he's, he was taking hydroxychloroquine as well? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I don't I know. Mean, he's, I, I mean, we could do another Trump revisit at some point, but yeah. It, it this is literally historically unprecedented there has been no president that has done such a poor job in the face of a crisis it is yeah. it's going to be truly examined and reexamined there're going to be books written about it this whole oh, yeah. era that we're living through is yeah. fucking unbelievable yeah. 1.7 million, 1.725 million cases in the US. That's 5 5,200 5, cases per million of population. That's um uh more than Italy. Can That's... you just check also by there what China and India are up to in terms of total cases? Yeah, cuz I haven't heard much about India and I assume that I mean with the India is at 150,000 cases. Uh So less Uh, than US? Yeah. So the US has 1.7 million. But you'd think in India they're getting tested less. Yeah. So the total cases... The total cases in India are 150,000 currently. China is 82,000. So 82,000 in China versus 1.7 million in the US. In terms of comparative cases per million of population, that's 58 cases per million in China and 5,200 cases per million in the US. So, Mm -hmm. like, the scale of this thing is almost a hundredfold worse in the US than it was in China. Right. Yeah, he's fucked Of course, there is... Sorry, there is some uh, skepticism about the numbers that China have reported. Yes. But even so, it seems like it's fairly under control there from current reports. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's so so much to pick apart on this on this coronavirus thing. It's 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 interesting to see how it's gonna develop and and where the investigation into how China handled it is gonna go and how the world reacts to that. It's Yeah. Yeah. Well I have um uh, a sort of tangent on this uh, discussion as well, which was about some of the coverage about which countries uh, did well with coronavirus and how it has a truly sort of um, Western uh, racial favoritism or white favoritism over um, countries of color. Um, so in the New York Times, there was a, a a list of the true leaders in the fight against COVID-19 and they spent one sentence on Asia and the rest on white leaders that mostly did worse. Um, and so I, this was a response article written by a, um, a writer on Medium, uh, basically pointing to the coverage that various countries have had and how it ignores the success stories that the East has had in this um, situation. Um, but basically... Countries with higher mortality rates, like Germany, Italy, Sweden, and Denmark, have been listed in the New York Times as true leaders when it comes to facing this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but by any objective measure, they're not in the West. The best leaders are actually 
everywhere else. Asia, Australasia, Africa, the Caribbean, parts of South America. Every major Western leader failed. And <laughs> the fact that the ignorance of the successes of everywhere else in the world has just meant that the New York Times is actually <laughs> getting its own readers killed. Um, right. So, yeah, when you look at... So the, this this uh, author's uh, point is basically that the definition of what true leadership is is woefully inadequate and that true leadership is zero deaths, right? Zero people need to die from coronavirus if you treat it seriously and, and proactively, right? Right, yeah. So every death is a failure of leadership at this point. Um, yeah. Vietnam has zero deaths. Taiwan has six deaths. Korea has 250 Wow. These are, you know, people who are living in very dense places mm. and they are true leaders in this respect. Um, yeah. And so it, just in this sort of coverage from a mainstream publication like the New York Times, to have it completely igne- uh, ignore the Asian success stories is is this very bizarre sort of recalibrating. Um, they uh, talk about, like I said, Germany and Italy and that kind of stuff. Italy has 115 times the death toll of South Korea, and yet the New York Times holds them up as that it was like strong leadership. Um, the German Chancellor Angela Merkel's um, said, you know, talked about as this, you know, great leader, but there were more deaths in two days. Sorry, two days ago at the point of writing, 287 than South Korea has had in total. Um, wow. And so, yeah, all of these things are just to say that um, there has been a sort of structural or systematic bias in the way that people are perceiving success stories around the region. The the article does have an asterisk to talk about or um, suggest uh, that places like Australia and New Zealand are exceptions to that, and they do um, proportionally seem to have done a better job than most. But the idea that, you know, Italy or Germany or... Sweden and these kind of places were doing better while still having thousands of deaths was uh, uh, unrealistic and racist based on, you know, the places who are doing it with very, very, very few. Mm. What is, does Jacinda have, what's her, what's her term situation like? Is she got, it's coming out to election year. So she can get reelected. This is her first term. Yeah. Oh, that's good news for you guys. She's going to get in and all. Who, who, I, I'm assuming that her opponent's just going to be like, just have it. It's actually been a very interesting week. It's funny that you say that because the opposition party here is the Nationals. Jacinda is the Labour Party, the left-leaning party. Um, and the Nats uh, were led by a guy called Simon Bridges. And he he deserved a little bit of credit in my book at the start of the lockdown thing because he came together with Jacinda and they worked sort of in sync to to make sure that all of New Zealand was on the same page. And I, and I will give him credit for that. Mm. And then after the lockdown and stuff came in, his positions diverged a little bit and he started to sort of offer criticism of the plan without really having answers of his own. It was It was kind of like he was just being a bit pissy about it all. And mm. Jacinda's ratings obviously boosted like dramatically as they often do in crisis times. I think politically we know that um, when the country sort of unites in a time of tragedy, it tends to improve the patriotism and the support behind the government. 
that is a little bit unfortunate if you're in the opposition at the time, but it, it's also true that Jacinda did a great job of it. And more to yeah, the point, I mean, she could she could have she could have dropped the ball totally. I mean, and there's she, examples all over hands, the world, as we just said. But she's she's um, she's not only been a a great leader for New Zealand, but she's basically the poster girl for how to handle the thing globally. Yeah, and she has, um, she has a character which people really responded to. They love it. She is personable. She is human. Mm. She is friendly. She is. She doesn't talk bullshit. She respects yeah. science. She like jumped on Facebook Live from home, like just in like tracky pants and, and like reassured people. She had a very approachable, likable manner. And unfortunately for the National Party, that is <laughs> not their strong suit. So they had this guy, Simon Bridges. Um, I won't bore people with all of the specific details of, of the pr- political travails, but um, he was ousted by his party this week um, and replaced with a new guy, another old white man um, with just as little character. Um, and it really just feels a little bit like a, a last-ditched attempt to even like have a say in this election. But all polling suggests, barring any sort of unforeseen things or some extreme negative campaigning, Jacinda is going to cruise through this election and, and be re-elected, as she deserves yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah, sounds like she should. I don't know how to segue from this, but it doesn't We're- matter. We're cooking. You know how you can segue. Oh, by the way, I listened to the last pod. Yeah. Which was um, which was surprisingly good. I enjoyed that last pod. <laughs> but what something that confused me is that, you know, those jingles that I sent you, you fucking threw one in at the weirdest time ever. Well, it was an homage. I, ah. it was, I put it in because we were talking about Adam Buxton. Adam Buxton. Yeah, And okay. then I threw it in because... It was in between that and like the next recommendation engine, and I thought, right. oh, if there was ever a time for you to for for me to use one of your jingle interstitials, it was in the thing that was the inspiration for them. Well, so I put it, was it in there. Bittersweet for me because I was like, this nah didn't didn't work. Great, then it, my plan <laughs> came to fruition, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> They're far, hard segues. I don't see what the issue is. Like, what's the you, you don't you don't view the podcast in, or it's just too copycatty. Oh, it's not. It's not that. I, I, I actually, I'm not so firm against it. It's more just that I feel like our style doesn't often have like neat breaks necessarily. So okay. I don't well, know if it enough. needs to like be bulked out any longer with a, a transition or not. Well, you know, no, like, I, I I respect that. I respect the, the most. I mean, most of the podcasts that I listen to are. Well, long form, no break yeah. kind of thing. That's the only one that I do. And to be honest, it kind of annoys me when they do have the break. So <laughs> <laughs> so as I talk aloud, I've talked myself out of my own work. As always happens on this fucking podcast. <laughs> now that I've spent some time and thought on it, I'm a real idiot. Yep. Um, speaking of, uh, Joe Rogan has sold his show's exclusivity yeah. to Spotify. Speaking of... <laughs> I was going to ask you about this, actually. Yeah, so here, here I have a few different thoughts on this. But um, do you want yeah. to set up? You're you're are you, you're still a regular listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my, so, I, so I me, only have questions. Your, your feels here. Okay, let me just. This is actually something I wanted to say to you for a while. Okay. So I get the the 
the uh, ridicule of Joe Rogan, I assume, is that he is a bit of a... I think the perception of him is that he's a bit of a meathead, MMA guy, conspiracy junkie twat. But here's the thing about Joe Rogan, and the thing, the part that I kind of resent people making fun of him and making fun of people who listen to Joe Rogan, is that, yeah, he's he's he is first and foremost a comedian. He's not a great comedian. I don't think he's a great comedian at all. But I think first and foremost, he is a guy that facilitates a really good discussion. He's a host. Yes. If, if, if he's not, I wouldn't have even called him a comedian. Um, well, he is a stand-up comedian. That's how he got to that position. Okay, sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. He's he's a host. So he, he and the the beauty of Joe Rogan and the, and the reason why I listen to the him and the reason why his podcast is so big, in spite of all of the criticism that he gets, is that he actively hosts discussion from people from the right, people from the left, and yeah, he's like he's kind of an idiot, and he's got to some degree he's smart in other ways, and he has some crackpot theories that he probably shouldn't entertain as much as he does. But he hosts a really good discussion, and I think he he has a genuine pursuit of the truth, or at least trying to discuss what is true rather than um, some sort of partisan uh, bullshit. Go. I don't really have strong feelings on Joe Rogan. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. I do think that he's kind of an idiot and that there are places to hear interviews with these people that aren't with him. Um, mm-hmm. like, I don't think he's really had too many exclusives that you couldn't find that person spoken to by someone else. Um, well, I guess the thing is that it's the long form. It's the, sure. It's like, I'm talking like, three I'm thinking other podcasters and that kind of stuff. And I, sure. I, I do respect that he, he does seem genuinely invested in the topics that he brings people on to talk about. And he brings on scientists and that sort of stuff. KC is actually a, a listener of Joe Rogan as well. Um, mm-hmm. so I have you know, listen to podcasts with him. Um, he he does do a good job of letting the person come on, talk about things. I think the fact that he, <laughs> you know, goes off and gets his IV vitamin injections and has all this like Obamagate conspiracy nonsense and yeah. stuff, a little bit unpalatable. He's um, friends with Alex Jones. You know? Yeah. Like there's a lot of reasons to... Uh, he, he For all that he willingly invites experts from all sides of the political spectrum spectrum i don't think it is true that he is apolitical i i think that he still does have a position right um Mm. and the fact that he entertains some of the you know more conspiratorial theories about obama or you know whatever allows him to get play within a sect that goes even further crazier right um, and so when you end up with that, that side of the, um, conservative movement, and this is, this is a bit of an unfair stretch, but like at the moment, there's all this shit about how, you know, Bill Gates is going to get the vaccine for COVID and they're going to inject microchips into people's bodies so they can control that. Like all this kind of bullshit is sort of festering away, away over there. And when you have someone who dabbles in that area, but then also gets play with, you know, uh, somewhat more 
legitimate experts or mm. central or or you know scientific experts it i think the credibility to a yeah, point that it shouldn't yeah i think that's yeah i think that's what i find a little bit distasteful about it all because as mm. i said i can hear these experts elsewhere i can hear these celebrities elsewhere and sure. get an interview out of them i can hear them talk about this stuff elsewhere so just having it in his kind of zone just feels like oh well now you're bringing along people who act like they are seeking out the truth but are actually sort of doing it in a bad faith position or in a very political you know shitty right. kind of manner if you know what i mean sure here's here's how i see it i see it i get i I take your point i really do and to be honest it took me a while to get into rogan for those very reasons uh but this is this is how i this is what changed is how i viewed the podcast um and allowed me to get into it um and it was this that i stopped try i stopped seeing it as something that i was necessarily going to be informed by and started to see it as okay this they have people on that are sometimes have interesting conversations kind of like if you were living in a share house and and you just know in one of your friends room there's always going to be like someone over there and they're always going to be having an, having an interesting conversation and they don't necessarily they're not necessarily experts on the on the subject but the conversation's going to be interesting and so a, a lot of times I disagree with him and a lot of times I disagree with the with the person he has on and sometimes I agree and sometimes I don't it's not I don't just view it as a as a truly informative podcast. I just find like that I can completely take from it what I want. Yeah, it's stimulating. Yeah, just yeah, I, I respect yeah. that. I mean, here's here's the interesting thing about it all, right? So now, uh, Spotify muscled in and and bought him out, basically, right? For yeah. an unknown figure, but it's got to be a couple hundred million dollars, million, right? Yeah, it's a million US, hundred million US. At least, I mean, if it's only a hundred million US, he got actually underpaid. Um, the mm. the amount of money that you can rake in with the kind of audience that he had, he would have been easily clearing, you know, fifty million dollars a year anyway, or something like that. It, it doesn't. Oh yeah. It doesn't. I I just find it very confusing, actually. So I I think we've alluded to previously that I have a problem with Spotify because Spotify's muscling into podcasts and calling them podcasts, but not having them publicly available to anyone means that they are not podcasts. They are original okay, so audio shows. I don't know. I don't know any of this. Can you so elaborate on? Joe Rogan, once his podcast goes into Spotify, the only place that you can then listen to it is going to be Spotify. Right, and the same right. with any sort of exclusive Spotify deal, you have to use the Spotify app to listen to it. Podcasting so he, as a he's medium. Part of, sorry, he's part of the um, Rogan podcast. Is that he he puts it on YouTube as well? He used to do it live, and that was podcasting. Like watching podcasts now is huge. It's what it, how I spend most of my time now. Um, so, do you know anything about like how he's going to be filming the pod? I don't know the deal of that. I think actually that Spotify, I think I heard that Spotify is actually going to have videos soon. So potentially that will become also where you watch the video of it is within Spotify. Um, The, the overarching point here is that podcasting as a medium is a, a marvel of the open web, a marvel of free open source technologies that anyone can use. The fact that we're doing a podcast now, now right now 
is based on the idea that this RSS feed, and you know, it doesn't matter the technical specifics of it, we basically use this free backend technology to put up posts and then create this feed, which any podcast player that is out there, any browser, any RSS reader out there can translate and understand and get those audio files. And it is a standard in the same way that HTML is a standard on the internet for displaying pages, right? They're they're, they're kind of universal and free technologies. And because of that openness and interoperability, you've had amazing evolution and um, growth in the, in the podcast form. Um, Mm. And Spotify is obviously a a multi-billion dollar company with a, a musical backend, but in them muscling into this turf, they have not done so by just allowing their, app to take an RSS feed and interpret it and 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 show those episodes like Overcast or the Apple Podcast Player or Pocket Cast or anything like that does. They, they haven't just turned their player into an RSS reader like that. They have decided oh. that they will basically package up podcasts as audio files and and bundle them into their app like they are songs, right? There's no feed. You can't subscribe universally. Mm. I can't subscribe to a podcast that is a Spotify exclusive using my Apple Podcasts app or my Overcast app, right? right? So they are trying to wall off this garden and make anyone that wants to hear this audio show have to do so exclusively through their app which is how they make their money and sell their ads and that sort of thing, right? So are they doing that because they want legitimate podcasts on their app or because they want to monopolize podcasts? They are not going to be able to monopolize, but what they want to do is stake some turf and and get people to use podcasting, which again, it's it's like it's an audio show. It's not a podcast if there's not an open feed. So they they want people to come and use spotify for more than just music and to do that they're luring over big brands like joe rogan like um the besties and a whole bunch of other like podcasts that were in the free space and then get bought out and brought over to spotify so that people spend more time using the spotify app rather than bouncing over to something like overcast or apple podcast which is a competitor Mm. um Mm. so okay they have a a desire to like i say create a walled garden where you have to go and spend money with them or listen to ads from them in order to get their products and i personally find that kind of objectionable um, because i think that podcasting is a beautiful kind of open source medium in the same way that yeah yeah, it's a free market it's in the same way that the internet is wonderful and weird and widespread because so many people can go out and just make a website and do whatever you want right um that's one of the reasons why i don't want our podcast on spotify um right but here's the interesting question i have for you it is basically guaranteed that as a result of joe rogan moving his podcast to spotify exclusively he will lose audience He will lose audience Mm. either because technologically people don't have the devices necessary that are compatible to play Spotify or run Spotify. Uh, Financially, people don't want to spend money for an ads-free version and don't want to endure ads. Um, Or just merely ignorance. People will not really even realize 
as they're going through listening to Joe Rogan previously, that it's moved somewhere mm. else and they just think, well, fuck it. He's stopped making shows anymore, mm. right? So yeah. my question is, how do you feel about him basically taking this big old check, mm. knowing that the ultimate product is either going to stay the same or get worse? But I don't see a way yeah. that it's going to get better. And know that the market, he's actually leaving some of his audience behind in order to go off and do this. Yeah, I didn't know any. I didn't really know the ins and outs of it. I saw the the news article come up and say Rogan's moving to Spotify, but I didn't know it was going to be exclusive, actually. Um, and, yeah, so, so he has ads at the start of his podcast at the moment. So, I mean, I guess the annoying thing for people, most people are getting it for free, and if you've got the podcast app, you can just, you know that he's going to do six minutes of ads so you just skip right to minute seven and then you've you've got no ads so you that's easy but i guess with spotify it's going to be maybe it's going to be interrupted i don't know what the what the ins and outs of that are but yeah it's it's a it's a strange situation actually hearing you say all that stuff because he's kind of prided himself on um on having this kind of open source podcast that was on youtube free for anyone on any of the podcasts app. can i just it jump in quickly a... when you say yeah. that to confirm that i have just confirmed that uh, uh this will no longer be on youtube after this spotify oh. jump happens mm. wow yeah it'd be interesting to see because I, I i watch most of his podcasts i don't listen to them and i think a lot of people do he used to do live podcasts and then he stopped doing that because uh, there was some issue with they play they play clips from the internet and stuff and yeah. they couldn't they kept getting demonetized and but yeah interesting decision like it's kind of annoying now hearing you say all that stuff but he's just kind of seemingly just gone for purely uh, just a bit of a cash cow and just try just cashed in but it's a, this is the definition of selling out really but I mean the other thing as well is like we know that he had. It says here in this BBC article, 8.42 million subscribers already, right? So he had to be making millions of dollars a year already. So yeah. it's it's not like this was a, uh, a, you know, it's not like us being offered $200 million to go and join Spotify, where it'd be like, well, yeah, fuck, I love Spotify. Great. <laughs> Give me that deep thought money. Yeah. Um, this, In terms of day-to-day changes to his life, you know, this is going from very rich to very, very rich. You know, uh, I just find it interesting and I will find it interesting to see what sort of backlash comes when this switch happens and people realize, shit, he's not on YouTube anymore. There are no more episodes on my podcast player of choice. I don't have Spotify. Do I want to go sign up for a new service? Mm. Uh, uh, I think it seems disloyal to his fans a little bit. And also, what is what the fuck is he spending this money on? He's already like part of his appeal, I think, to a lot of men is that he's just built this man cave in fucking California, uh, and he's just gonna what? He's gonna buy like more pinball machines and more bow and arrows? Like what are you <laughs> pinball like, machines? How many kettlebell? How many kettlebells do you need, Joe? You need six kettlebells, and that's it. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, kind of peeved now. You pissed me off, Nick. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just thought of no, bring it No, and a good pissed. A good pissed. And okay. a good pissed. Well, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. 
Um, I don't know if we have yeah. time for a sort of like super deep discussion on yeah. um, no, any sort of topic, right. but let's. Um, you you watched uh, Hannah Gadsby's new special. Yeah. Did you watch I it watched... all the way through? Yeah. So this is what happened. I watched it with. I wasn't going to watch it. Um, and then I, we ordered pizza last night. I said, Emma, Nick's recommended the special. We're watching this special. Um, and this then we got Douglas. to... This is the, the first special after the Nanette. new one. And then we got to, uh, we got to half hour through. And to be honest, none of us had laughed once. And we got another 10 minutes. And then Emma said, can we turn it off? So we switched it to something else. And then I waited for her to go to bed. And then I finished it off myself. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I was baffled by this one, Nick. I was really baffled. Interesting. Expand. Yeah. So there's 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 a couple of things here. That one was I was confused. Well, I'm not sure if I was confused. I was confused by your suggestion to me. Actually, I wasn't. Let me start there. I think this is my theory, and I was thinking this while I was watching the show. I don't think. You thought that I was going to like that. But I think what what you and I do, and I think we both know that we do this, is we try and, like, neg each other a little bit (laughs) in terms of, like, you knew that, like, there was shit in there that I think you were hoping that I was going to, like, take the bait, as she says. I mean, and to be honest, I do it with you too. When When I suggested a couple of months ago for you to watch the Chappelle special, I... I mean that was that was a complete assault on PC culture, <laughs> and that's that, I think we're doing the same thing there. So I'm not sure if I was confused, but what I was go on. Oh, I was just going to say I did I did not genuine I was not sending that to you to like instigate anything. I I genuinely properly laughed out loud um, in increasing volume across the course of that special, and I right. came off it on a high, and I thought fuck Michael would like this. You thought I was like that. I genuinely I genuinely well yeah I thought that you would but I, I to right. be fair I don't remember what you thought about Nanette and and the, the point here is actually that they're quite different but uh, mm. if no, I had are. a mental picture that Nanette was not your thing I may not have suggested it to you No I mean I I liked Nanette and and as she brings up in the special um I I have no I'm sure she got some criticism or some hate from some people or some groups saying that uh, that Nanette wasn't comedy and it was a one-woman show or it was a, a lecture or whatever. I mean, look, I don't. That's that's none of that. I have an issue with, and I enjoyed Nanette, and um, I do. I I do think that the prime purpose of a comedy special is to make people laugh but it's also to make people think and she certainly did that and if you're going to criticize her for that you criticize mike babiglia for doing the same thing i mean he's i mean i love that guy um and i love nanette but my, my only problem I, well, I had a couple problems with it one was that i really thought that it was just not funny at this all is douglas you're talking about douglas yeah i just like i was baffled I mean, that, maybe that's where the confusion came in. I just thought it was, like, genuinely unfunny. Um, and the other thing was that she put, I, in my opinion, she put the audience in this, like, emotional chokehold 
um, right from the outset, which was basically setting it up to be like, this is all the people that hated my last special, mostly men. Uh, and it kind of seemed to set it up to be like, if you don't like my material, then you're one of them. And that's that put me off. And then she just let it all out assault and... Look, I can hear the eye rolls from here. I, like this this assault on um on straight white men and I I can I know what this sounds like every but every time you bring it up it's like this uh you're you're a butt hurt you know white man and you know white men have been doing this to minorities for years so this is a taste of your medicine sure I get that but I was just like I'm just like a little bit Maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have, but I was just like maybe a little caught up in the logic of the whole thing that that it seemed like she was going after a certain demographic while also, you know, claiming this victim card or, you know, this is why, you know, people, I get all this hate for being a certain way. And then actively, I think at one point she says, if you're a if you're a man and you have a family and you play golf, you're a cunt. Like that's fine, but like you're actively going up. You're actively singly. Like I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know. You got any thoughts? Uh I got a, you know a few thoughts. Um, like I said, I really did find it quite genuinely funny, and so did um, my housemate Colin, who was uh, just in the room when I started it. He's American as well. So he was literally the subject of the first, well, the, the first 15 minutes of jokes are about Americans. And he was... Right. Oh, he's American, um, yeah. He was laughing up front and, and and joined me on the couch past his bedtime, which is normally 9 p.m. So, like, he was <laughs> properly... What does he do? <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But, um, okay. yeah, he, he stayed up to uh, to watch all the way through this, genuinely enjoying it as a straight white man. Um, mm. the, um, uh, I find it interesting that you sort of interpret, well, like felt that or read that at the start. There's a few different things there. There's one point which she sort of makes halfway through is that she knows that her audience is sort of rich middle-class women. So mm. she, she is telling comedy for not you. And sure. that's, that's, you know, that could be just... As simple as that, that it's not jokes for you. I did um, think that as well, yeah. And she says that explicitly. Um, yeah. The the straight white male thing as well, she needles about it and she tells you she's going to needle about it and then she even tells you that she's going to tell jokes which are just, quote-unquote, hate-baiting. She's going to do something sure. that she knows is going to inflame an audience or more likely a Twitter user who sees a clip of and then like sends an angry tweet about rather than, you know, an actual person who sat down to watch the show. But I don't um, get that. Like, it's like, uh, that's what I don't get. Like, Hey Nick, I'm going to slap you in the face. And then I slap you in the face and I said, see, I slapped you in the face. Like what is that? That's like an old magician's trick, isn't it? Well, it's because I think, again, you're probably underestimating the amount of flack that she got as a result of Nanette, which Maybe, was, yeah you know, quite a traumatic show and quite a personal show and, you know, mm. subject to all of this sudden international discussion about, is it comedy? Is it thing? You know, oh, this person's not even funny, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. To me, 
I found this show most interesting because it is, as she describes at the start, the difficult second album, even though sure. she's been <laughs> like working in comedy for decades. And this is her 10th, you know, tour that she's actually done, but in an international or American sense, this is yeah, the second Yeah, I found one. that really interesting. She's like, this is my, uh, my, my tough second album, even though I've done 10 or something. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was, that was very funny. But the, um, the, the interesting challenge of that, I do think you can feel that there is, even though at the start she says, you don't have to have seen Nanette to get this show. I think you can tell that it is a response to that, right? I think the so audience is there because of Nanette. Absolutely, that she filmed yeah. it in New York. The only, so that, but but that's kind of that's kind of yeah. What I was thinking is that because they're there, they're they're, they're gagging for more of that stuff, and I feel like not only I maybe I got a little bit of a sense from it from her that they want to like bring on the haters and and they they're so ready to you know attack this a certain demographic which i'm not discounting she, she actively exists. actually tells the audience off for doing that right like well, sorry she, she goes it's not a rally yeah she but, but yeah but she she feels like it is i, I don't know sense. i i feel like i read it differently to you i right, i my maybe, interpretation yeah. of this show was actually her attempt s- sincerely to be to respond to the net net criticism and be like, fuck you, I can tell jokes, right? Right. And yeah. whether or not those jokes work for you is is totally up to you. That's subjective, whatever. Subjective. But yeah. I feel like her actual goal with this special was to be like, by the way, I can be a comedian, comedian, fuck you for that criticism, right? Mm. And I think it was very interesting and clever that the start of the show the first 10 minutes of the show was her telling you what she's going to do i found that very sort of energizing in a weird way to kind of get this um upfront expectation about what it is because she also knows that the expectation as a second album quote unquote to come after the nanette she can't give you what nanette was again so no. she had to. But also, that's what people wanted. So, but that yeah, was—that's the thing. thing. What? A, what an interesting Second position answer, yeah. to be in, right? Yeah. Um, so she she decided that the way to deal with this was to be like, "I'm going to tell you exactly what's coming, so that everyone knows what it is, and then I can hit that and feel like I've I've ticked the box, right?" Um, and she says, "I'm going to tell some sort of rough observational stuff up the front, a bit shaky." And she yeah. does, and it's kind of like, oh, Americans, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. And then she gets into the storytelling stuff, and that's more interesting because it's more personal. And mm-hmm. ultimately, when it sort of reveals itself that it's a show about her coming to terms with her autism and the way that she's sort of seen the world and this kind of thing, and a sort of unique aspect and stuff, I was like, okay, there is actually those traces of Nanette there still, which I responded to. And then I think her genius, which sometimes actually in the Netflix special it's kind of hard to hear just audibly Yeah, is that her throwaway jokes are increasingly clever and increasingly abbreviated to the point where by the end she's making three word associations and being like tomato ketchup hit by a car. And she will say it so quickly and so throwaway that it's actually hard to process 
on the audio tr- just to audibly hear in the in the Netflix audio track underneath the like the laughs and stuff that right. she's throwing away some of these jokes which are built on setup from 45 minutes ago mm. um and yeah i just really res- responded to it and i really felt like it was a show which methodically set up like a uh a house of cards if you like where like she built she built the lower level and then she ramped it up a level and she got to like a uh, she was meta and self-reflective and then she came to like a climax which really rapid fire like properly was just joke 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 but built on all the stuff that she'd set up before and it worked for me i i don't know what else to say other than i was just in that final run where yeah. there are um just joke after joke after joke i would just i was laughing my head off i thought it was hilarious yeah fair enough and yeah like you said like comedy is completely subjective and uh, i was really i really was trying i I really was trying to not be one of the of them of the of these guys that are just gonna think it's shit because she's hating on men to some degree um and I don't, I don't know. I, maybe Do you I'm feel like you got into your own head a little bit. Possibly. I look. I, I, I genuinely went in in with an open mind. I want. I really, truly, honestly wanted to laugh at it. Yeah. I wanted to come. I wanted to text you back and say, "Yeah, this is sick." I really did. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. But and like with a lot of comedy or comedians there's you're going to be you're going to be kind of your boat's going to be rocked and you're going to come out either side liking a person or liking a personality or liking their the material one way or the other and maybe by by circumstance you're going to it's just going to it's going to rub you off the wrong way and that's going to taint the the rest of the thing so may I, I was trying to be aware of that i was just uh yeah I just, and I didn't also want to be one of these guys that 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 she was saying. Um, this is this is bait for those people, but then it was bait. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is totally baiting me. <laughs> just, she's, you know, she's I'm said, trying to iron yeah. out this thought in my head. I'm yeah. like, you, now you're just one of the people that she's saying, like, fuck. But I think there is, to me, I think there is a there is a there isn't there is a logical inconsistency with something that she's doing there like but don't you think that it's as simple as the distinction between punching up and punching down right like i don't agree that's something i don't agree with this punching up punching down business you used to (laughs) yeah i don't know i've stopped thinking that maybe i was maybe i was maybe you convinced me on one evening maybe i convinced you Mm. what about punching up well, I mean, I don't think you need to be necessarily punching up for it to be funny. No, I, it just means whether or not the the joke is going to alienate people or include people. Uh, yeah, I guess. But then, I mean, it just doesn't seem... Uh, I'm just going to talk myself into a hole. <laughs> I don't want to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you feel like you can't say what you're thinking? <laughs> 
Because I'll because I'll you won't say anything and then I'll just keep talking to feel the silence and then that's when that's when I get me too'd. <laughs> Hopefully not me too'd. I um, don't know. I just I just I had an issue with her going like directly after a certain demographic. Isn't that interesting? Just when you actually think about that for a second. Isn't it interesting what? that you properly reacted against being the subject of no 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 no. sorry sorry that's that's i don't mind being this i don't mind i said no but if it's a the only issue that i have is the inconsistency because it doesn't seem like oh if we're going to make fun of everyone great sure bring it on make fun but it's just like we're going to make fun of you but you can't make fun of us that's that's the issue but don't you think that the person that she was targeting is not straight white men generically, right? It was the people who were explicitly jumping into her, um, like, comments and giving her um, shit about her sexuality or about her uh, professional ability and that kind of stuff, right? Like, the people that were doing that were in that demographic. Yes, but I don't think that's who she was explicitly... um putting her is it targeting uh, straight white men to be targeting the patriarchy are those two the Uh, same thing well that's a good question um yeah i guess i guess it is i mean it just seems it just feels like it just feels like you get lumped in with it and so sorry when you said yes it is did you mean they are two different people or are they they're two different groups or do you feel it's the same well, you can say the patriarchy, and when someone says they're criticizing the patriarchy, do I feel like I am as being, a straight white man being? I am abused. part of that. Um, I don't know. The honest answer is maybe a little bit. I feel like I'm getting clumped into it. Um, and when they, I mean, she is talking generally about men. Yeah. And it, but it, it does feel like it does feel like you're getting roped in with it. I mean, it's it's kind of how the same thing how I imagine people talk about, you know, terrorists like terrorists all being Muslim. I mean, but that's that's the point. Like we don't do that. We don't we don't generalize and say that all Muslims are terrorists, but it does kind of feel the same thing when we're talking about all like men, where it's kind of like this generalization that yeah, it's fine if if we were if we were doing this across the board, but it seems like the only time it's allowed to be where you're allowed to be general or generalized is when it's talking about this one particular demographic, which happens to be straight white men. But they so also just seems happen like an... to be the one that were the oppressors for many people for many years, right? Right, but but this is this is the issue, Nick. Like, yes, they were the it, they were the oppressors, but. I fucking wasn't. Yeah. I was just in doing nothing. So then why are you feeling offended by being lumped into it? If you know, because that I not? am getting lumped into it. No, but that's what I'm saying. Why, why do you feel like you are? If you know that you aren't. No, but, but you are, you are by just, by just saying men, by just saying, if you're a man and you have a family and you play golf, you're a cunt. Yeah. You're that, getting that's, lumped into that's it. the punchline of a joke though. That's, there was so, more to that. Like ima- imagine, if, imagine if Crystalia said, "If you're a woman and you have a family and you go drinking cocktails with the girls, you're a cunt." You can't invert those. Sexist, things. sexist. You can't invert Why? those things because the gender <laughs> relationships are different. 
you then then you know you're the one who also always talks about you know there are differences between men and women there are differences <laughs> in the social realities of men and women you can't just flip it and suggest that it's the same analogy the um so it's basically it's basically what i have to get over and i'm i'm genuinely i'm not looking for a fight i'm looking for i'm i was thinking the whole time like where am i going wrong and i wanted to ask you questions because you always you 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 honestly tell me where i'm going wrong and this is part of well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm look. I mean, I think I've said it already that I, I it is perfectly valid for you to not to have found this funny. I'm, yeah. I'm simply exploring with you why you had this reaction about that certain angle of it. And um, this is what I wanted. This yeah. is what I wanted, and I love it. And and the other thing that I was thinking while I was watching this, Nick, is that how differently, you, how how different you and I are, and how I feel like we're on this like we're we're kind of like growing into very different people. However, you're one of my best friends and we talk almost every day and we have the podcast and I look forward to d- discussing with you these things. Yeah. So I was having these, both of these thoughts that, that I was like, man, Nick and I are like really different, but also really looking forward to jumping on the pod and chatting with you about it. And yeah. I, that That's great. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, you, you do help me iron out and I know I have a lot of these bullshit ideas and, you know, to quote, uh, Gatsby, the puffer sh- puffer fish moments. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I was being a puffer fish when she was saying that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a great uh, analogy. Like that is that's a I very love the good analogy. Yeah, yeah, because you you know exactly, and it's got you know a nice exactly. sound as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you just can't think of anything else to say. I mean, I'm I lived through it's, that. It's daily. the literal definition of triggered, right? It's literally yeah. like the idea of triggered. That's that's exactly the imagery that accompanies. <laughs> totally, but for me, the pufferfish is way more visual and way totally. more relatable than triggered because I'm yeah. like triggered. What is that? Is that like being electrocuted? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what is <laughs> I a think trigger? of like touching what does it a apply face. In life? I've never been triggered. I have been triggered all the time. Um, <laughs> I forgot what my I forgot what my point was, but I was saying that I I wasn't I wasn't having a go. I was yeah saying, no I, I, I didn't appreciate the chat way. and you do help me iron out um, you know some things. But uh, I think sometimes I have valid thoughts and of course I'm not do. trying to like steep myself in. I'm not trying to bathe myself in these kind of shitty uh, cis male kind of. Uh, thought patterns but uh, i think there are some genuine places areas for discussion um around this type of thing rather than it being shut down or being you know labeled uh, yeah misogynistic or whatever or insensitive absolutely i think the 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 abs the actual sort of the easy unlock to a lot of these questions is the first question, uh, is a question you should ask yourself about something that you're consuming, which is who is this for? And I think Mm. the easy unlock to a lot of this thing is realistically, this comedy is not for you. It is something that many straight white men can enjoy and many do. But Mm. I think the best and simplest way to interpret those reactions is who is the intended audience of this joke? And But Nick, can I can I just cut you off there? But did you allow that same thing to Louis C.K. when he was saying his park shooter jokes and his trans jokes? Like, who are the intended audience of that? Probably people who um, don't uh, are not politically correct. 
or they just, you know, they're a little bit <laughs> rough around the edges. <laughs> People like me. I mean, it's a valid point. I suppose my interpretation of that situation was that I didn't, I didn't have a problem with him saying whatever he wanted to say, right? Or uh, for crowds to go out and see that person. It was that for me, it didn't work, right? Right. Okay. Um, and that I thought that the target was undue, right? So you might have the same feeling about, you know, maybe this is an undeserving target, straight white men, um, or to be framed in that way where it felt like you were being lumped in with people who had done bad things, um, which is, you know, that's a question of joke construction and and intention and that sort of thing. Um, And it would be fascinating to hear her answer that question Mm. of, you know, what, what can a straight white man who wants to be an ally do you know how how do, it would be interesting to see her interpretation as to what the responsibilities of your demographic are um but can i just clarify i don't i certainly don't want to diminish the presence and the clear presence of douchebag males that are you know proliferating the internet i'm i'm not denying that at all and also with men that have egos that bruise like a peach and can't have anything said back at them that's I, I don't want to diminish that at all i i 100 know that they exist and i and i hate those guys too yeah um so just to return that to that thread which ultimately hannah gadsby has an audience and an audience that may knew may know her from nanette may know her from please like me may know her from australian you know fringe tours and that sort of stuff um but is probably uh, a little bit further away from you. Um, but now she has this spotlight in which her work is being digested as a mainstream yeah. headline American tour, you know, level international act. And yeah. that means that more people are seeing it than is potentially outside of her um original goal right definitely she explicitly says that she never intended to be to make it in america right yeah Um, and she didn't didn't she she even quit for a while there didn't she well i you know part of the the question of nanette was this was going to be my exit from comedy because i don't Uh, want to uh endure the uh the rhythms or the expectations of stand-up comedy when it's at my own expense right and i think that that some of that narrative was was never really um more than a statement or a metaphor and it wasn't i don't know how sincere it ever was that she would properly leave comedy if you know what i mean but i think that 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 was a a way an angle into the idea of what is stand-up asking of me which tied into what nanette was all about right Mm. um I, the only other point that I had in the back of my mind was that, uh, which was agreeing with your point that the that Gatsby's um, special was not necessarily for me, and I was very aware of that, and I I, pre- I respect that one hundred percent. And there's the the pod. I listen to a podcast at the moment, which is like a, a, a just a hyper irreverent podcast it's like it's 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 terrible 
in, in the sense that it's just like it's so i mean but it's my favorite thing and they often talk about it in the podcast that because they're actually two comedians that you know have you know palatable sets they've been on the tonight show or whatever and they've talked about how you know they they hate one of them opens for jerry seinfeld and he's like if jerry ever listens to this and i'll kill myself but it's like i totally respect the the this is not for you so if you're upset by this and it's not for you then you've really got no you got really no, really got no argument to make yeah that was it maybe that was a stupid point i don't know no it's valid the um i'm i'm glad that you persevered and watched it to the end even if you weren't sure it was going to be i might even give it a second crack you know like uh yeah maybe after talking to you it's made me kind of recalibrate a little bit i think so i might even give it a second crack yeah well no pressure but yeah. yeah i'll be interested to know what any of you out there thought as well so give it a crack yeah well that's the end of that episode and gosh wasn't it a good one Man, I bet, man, I wish I know what you're thinking. There must be more. There must, don't leave me just hanging. There must be more episodes like this, right? How do I get more of this in my life? Well, here's the answer. You can head to deepfort.podbean.com and find the whole list of background episodes. So you can go back through the old archive and listen to some of those again. Uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash deep four. You can go to twitter.com and get notifications. You can send emails and questions to deep four at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram to see Michael never put up a fucking workout video. Oh, you yes. can jump to SoundCloud and get some of that uh, good old jing jang. And you can rate us on Apple podcast, a full five stars. That is your prerogative and we will not stop you. Thank you. And have a great day. Um. That was great. I just came on the tail end of that. That was great. All right, quick quick story. Um, so Emma's just sold her car. Oh, um, congratulations! Thank you. Um, and so she's looking to she's looking to buy a new car. And last week, um, she's been looking to buy this like Kia. Buy a Rio. new new. Yeah, like uh, pretty Ooh. new. Okay. So last Used. week, last Friday, she's like, "Can you take me out to?" We had to drive all the car dealerships. Uh, an hour outside of the Melbourne CBD and uh, we drove her out there on a Friday afternoon and she's telling me all about the car and the thing and I was like is this a car dealership or a private dealer she's like nah it looks like a car dealership and I'm like cool well that's at least you know there's going to be some honesty there <laughs> I don't know maybe that was uh, maybe that's a naive <laughs> thought anyway <laughs> I just heard that <laughs> anyway so we drive an hour out to uh, Bayswater or whatever it is, and we get there and there's the address is, it's in this like real industrial part of town, and the address on Google Maps is saying this place that has kind of like sheets over the fence and barbed wire over the thing, like <laughs> God, and um, so we get out and we're walking past and we can't see the entry, and we hear this voice from nowhere saying are you here for the kia and we're like yes and they're like just slide the gate and we're just like where is the gate and it's obvious, <laughs> this is like this hidden gate and, and then so we tried to do that for a minute and then they they eventually came over and 
slid it for us. And then this guy, we get into the car lot and there's like 20 of the exact same car in the exact same color. (laughs) And we're just like, this is weird. And the guy is like a real, like, I don't want to say the, I don't want to say wog, but he's like this real woggy guy. And he's, he's, he's making up all these like stories. Like, you know, he's trying to joke around. We were like, why do you have so many of the same car? Like, did you just buy too many? And he said, nah, we had all of these, uh, we had all, all of our staff died from COVID. So we had to sell them off. And we're just like, that's a dicey (laughs) joke. We just met you, buddy. That's a bit soon, isn't it? Bit soon, and then we ask, and then we're he keeps going. He's just like, Nah, we're like, what kind of business is this? You're clearly not a car dealership, you're like some business. And he's like, We do a bit of everything, we better do a, a bit of finance, a bit of we have lots of strippers. And it's like, He's making jokes with like, He's making jokes, yeah, but it's like very, it's, it's still, so dry. It's still shady. It's too dry for just having met you. Also, we're trying to buy a car off you, and we're not talking like two thousand dollar car. Like Emma's putting down some jeans. Two thousand five hundred. <laughs> and uh, and he keeps making jokes. We, we were talking to him for about five minutes, and uh, he said that the that the bad employees get this type of Kia, and the good employees get this type of Kia, and the 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 car that he said for the bad employees is the car that Emma wants to buy, and she's just like, well. I must be a bad employee because I, you know, I want to buy this. And he's just like, "Yeah, well, that car's gone." And we're just like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> we're like, he's like, "Yeah, that's sold." And we're like, "Okay, he's fucking with us again because he's been cracking jokes with us." Yeah, with this type of style for like five minutes, and we're just like, "Yeah, where's the car?" And he's like, "It's sold." And we're just like, "Okay, buddy, like, where's the fucking car?" Yeah, he's like, I sold it. I sold it at nine a.m. First in best dressed, and we're like, dude, are you fucking serious? Like, and 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 she'd been like texting this guy, yeah, uh, like the day before, saying, hey, is it cool if I come over at twelve thirty? Yeah, to come see the car, and he's just like, yeah, absolutely. And so we start to realize that this guy has actually just sold the car that we came to see, and we're just like, dude. Like, we start to get a bit pissed off. Like, not aggressively so, but yeah, we're just like... Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Emma's just like, but I texted you yesterday and you didn't even text me back. Like, we just came an hour to see this car. You could have sent me a text. And he was like, look at my phone. I've got like 38 messages about all these cars. I don't know who's who. What do you want me to do? And we're just like, that's not... That's not an excuse. Fuck? Okay. So I start, I start walking out. And Emma's just like gobsmacked because in the in in her head on the way there she's already bought it in yeah. her head like she's like this is a she, done she deal she's gotten it, yeah. excited about the car and the guy it starts to like escalate as we're as I'm leaving and then Emma's just like oh well well thanks a lot and this guy as we're leaving the door he like opens up the gate he's like all right see you later fuck off and he just tells us to fuck off and like <laughs> walk down the street and he's like yelling at us. <laughs> because we've like asked it, we've told, we've called him out on on and not shit. To be, not being polite, and he just told us to, to fuck off. And we're in like, who the fuck knows where we are, and then have to drive an hour, an hour back, back, having just had like an hour, uh, five minute exchange with this dickhead, yeah, about who's, and he was like joking about dealing drugs and stuff, which I don't know, 
if I was dealing drugs, I'd joke about dealing drugs so openly <laughs> that people thought that it was a joke. So I just the whole thing was so dodgy, and Emma was like, man, I almost gave, like, I'm pissed off that that happened, but I almost gave that guy 12 grand. Yeah. You know, so... That wow. was that was a fun thing to do, and the first the first thing I thought was um, at least I have a story to tell on my podcast. Yeah, I mean I can have a chat to my uncle if that like smooths it over a little bit. He said that he just like lucked into this shipping container, um, which was full of identical Kia cars, and okay. um, just put them up on um, Gumtree and see what what sort of stuff came through. Um, <laughs> so if it would help, if like, I don't know if maybe. If, if you were looking at any of the other ones there and thinking, "Hey, that one's kind of that's caught my eye," um, yeah, I can I can put in a good word. All right, maybe send maybe send your maybe send his was it your uncle? My uncle, yeah, the the dockmaster uncle out by the mm. Melbourne docks. Yeah, can I ask you one question? Yeah, does he use the word gabagool? <laughs> yeah, he's famous. <laughs> famous for it every christmas <laughs> when uncle uncle jazza comes over and uh, he, we you know walk through what sort of uh lunch stuff we have on on offer um he <laughs> says uh where's the gabagool <laughs> i say i'm i'm not yeah. sure um i didn't realize that was what you wanted what is gabagool i think it's like a dip <laughs> It's not a dip. Wait, it might be a dip. 